Hello all and welcome to edition 125 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that should probably release more quick statements itself. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, Burnley Learnings, 96 point train abandoned and Brizzle Bounds, are you not entertained? We'll work through all that and more with our guests who are Norwich number one chief at NCFC numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Good evening, Michael. We have former Norwich City head of content and program editor Dan Brigham. Hi, Michael. Great job on unmuting yourself there, Dan. You did it before I got there. And uh, making his debut is the one you spent ages tweeting admin to and another former Norwich City press officer. So many of them, all with different job titles. I don't know how that works. Anyway, it's a very good evening to OTP debutant, Liam Ray. Hello, Liam. Hello, Michael. Hello, everyone. There we go. That was seamless. Well done, everyone. Congratulations. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everyone out there. Hope you're very well. Um, whether you're live or watching this uh, at some point during your week. Um, thanks for joining us. We've got plenty to talk about, as always. Uh, but Liam, first of all, I'll start with you. Uh, welcome. Uh, do you know why we have so many members of Norwich's media team join us <laughs> when they leave? No idea. I think the good words just spread along about how great the, this podcast is and we all want to be a part of it, don't we? See, that's why they all come on. They all say nice things all the time. I love it. Well, it's lovely to have you here, Liam. Um uh how how have, have you enjoyed watching Norwich a, a little bit in your spare time or have you just like binned it off and you still work in sports marketing so you know you're still a big deal <laughs> big deal hmm. not sure about that um yeah I mean tried to keep up to date with how things have been going on obviously enjoyed not having to travel to games every single weekend which obviously was fun but also sometimes a little break would have been nice now and again so it's been um <laughs> Yeah, it's been like nearly a year now since I left, so time has certainly flown. But it's um, been nice to watch on from afar now. So, Love yeah. it. Um, j- just imagine if Pep Guardiola became Norwich City manager, I and mean, given his comments about having to go from Manchester to London, uh, <laughs> which was basically it's a very long time and they were all very tired. Imagine if he had to travel everywhere from Norwich all the time. I think it would be probably be very difficult for him. Um, Dan, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Michael. Good, thanks. Yeah, um, I imagine you listen to Liam there thinking you wish... You could probably have a little break occasionally from having to travel to uh, to Norwich matches. Absolutely not. I love it. I love I love the travelling. I love rocking up at a football match, watching Norwich City play a football match, driving home from Preston, going home. getting home at three a.m. <laughs> you know, I went to. I can't remember. I may have said this. So um, obviously, epically brilliant job by Steve hosting last week. Thank you, Steve. Um, hello, Steve. We'll, we'll speak to Steve in a second. Um, but uh, there he is. Um, the journey, the journey to Preston. I um, I managed to listen to basically the entirety of the Beatles discography, which was um, amazing fun. Is that there and back or just one way? Must be. No, there and back. Yeah, there and back. Wow. But um, and you know, I know loads of Beatles songs, but it was um, that was uh, that was very. <laughs> It was nice That's to the listen to thing. I think you know. Yeah. I know. I know. Okay. Yesterday. What's, what's your favourite Beatles album, Michael? The uh, greatest hits. Do you want to know, or let someone know your great? <laughs> Oi, stop it. Well, this date back. Oh, this is probably not very exciting, but this dates back to you know when I was at school and um, uh, a, a very good friend of mine who uh, we used to be in a band together. We would sort of have debates about the Beatles and Pink Floyd and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I'd never really listened to the Beatles albums per se, not all of them. So. That was my car journey. So long and short, I couldn't give a toss about the football, but it's great to listen to the Beatles albums on the way to and from <laughs> games. Maybe uh, Pep so, does the same thing. Maybe, well, may, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Pep's an oasis maybe. guy, isn't he? He's, uh, <laughs> oh, he's a self-proclaimed yes. oasis guy. Indeed, yes. That and financial doping. But maybe that's for another day and definitely another <laughs> podcast. Um, Steve, how are you? Uh, I'm... Very well, thank you. I suppose for the record, we should say that Pep's probably not been involved in the financial doping himself. <laughs> oh, it is, you know, it's all <laughs> just, alleged. Just for the lawyers out there, just in case there's Man City lawyers are listening. Just lots um, of I'm, allegations. I'm very well, thank you. Um, <coughs> as, well, <laughs> perfectly timed, because I was going to ask how you are, because um, you've not been too well lately. So um, you've, you've teed yourself up nicely with that cough. With I, Yeah, I produced that cough at just the right time. We're fine. We're soldiering on. Hopefully this isn't going to be like, you know, 
uh, Billy Gilmore trying to play against Aston Villa at Carrow Road during a during the Premier League season, we vomiting at half time. So hopefully we'll be okay. <laughs> hopefully Billy. this illness will be as quickly forgotten as uh, as Billy Gilmore's time at Norwich City will stay. So bless him. Bless him. Um, sterling job last week, Steve. Thank you so much for um, controlling this podcast ship. Also, delighted to see your your Christmas tree has now gone. <laughs> yes. God, has it been that long since? I don't know. I don't know. It's all <laughs> a haze. We were last on together. Yeah. Um, I usually I usually do keep it up, but uh, but this, obviously this year just thought I'd uh, have it down by February. <laughs> Yes, well, there's a joke there about Norwich City, but we're not going to make that, obviously. Um, right, for those watching us live on your chosen social media platform, uh, we also want to hear from you during this uh, podcast recording. It can be on absolutely anything I've written. Maybe keep it to football, probably be uh, probably more relevant. Um, but, you know, we've already started talking about the Beatles, so you go, fill your boots, do what you want. Uh, and if you want to contribute uh, but are not listening live and you're listening in the future, as we record, then that's fine. You can get in touch with us then as well. Just um, email us with your words, whatever words they are, whichever order you like to write them in. Um, but again, preferably so they make sense. Uh, the address is Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. Uh, I've already had some uh, some lovely messages in, so um, we'll go through those over the course of the pod. Uh, but for now, I reckon it's time to crack on with this week's Headline Act. Yes, indeed. Um, I've rarely known a game to carry so much excitement and a- anticipation before it as Burnley came to Carrow Road. There was even the suggestion that they might have a bit of illness just to make life even more in Norwich's favour. <laughs> uh, there was n- no real illness that prevented any players from playing in the end, <laughs> which is classic. They all just trundled off the team bus when they arrived at Carrow Road, dear Burnley. Um and then the football was kind of a bit deflating uh, too. There's been lots of sort of mixed response to it, I suppose, on social media. Um, and, uh, you know, just slight regression to the mean of pre-David Wagner, I suppose it's fair to say. Uh, Steve, how are you feeling about it? How are you feeling about that game? How were you feeling when you rocked up at Carrow Road? Explain your situation, if you like, add some colour. And then by the time you left Carrow Road, where were you at? Uh I mean, how how deeply do you want me to to go into? I'm not really. A, I'm more of a numbers guy. Now. I don't really want to. Don't don't like to add color to the podcast. It's yeah, fair very well, very keep, binary. Keep it keep it to uh, keep it to entertainment. Uh, okay. let's, you know, don't go too deep. We don't. You know, it's no therapy session. I'll get the, onto the therapy session with Dan. That's fine. Okay, well, I'd like to think the numbers are okay to entertain, but anyway, I'll I'll, I'll answer your question. Um, yeah, I, I have to. I, I obviously reality check clearly, uh, but after what were two very very encouraging performances, but um, I, I kind of think you know I'm I'm acutely aware this is a Norwich City podcast. Um, if I've if I've learned one thing from doing this Here for three years, it's it's that. But I do think we should start <laughs> with the opposition on this because. Um, they were absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty rare that we get turned over in the championship at home, even with our bad home form. You know, we don't normally tend to, to get really battered by teams. But um, I just thought Burnley were superb from front to back. They pressed us excellently. Obviously, we were kind of the architects of our own downfall. I'm sure we'll come on to that. Um, I thought the way they played out from the back was um, kind of a lesson in, in how to do it and probably something that we should aspire to. Um, and even though the three goals that they scored were kind of preventable and, and you know, nothing special, I just thought they kept us at arm's length for the entire game, really, and never really allowed us to start playing. So I think you have to approach it with that context. I mean, they'll probably go on almost certainly and surpass the, the totals that we got um, in both our promotion seasons. And in all honesty, ought to be potentially looking at um, the 106 points that, that Reading got, because they are up now. So that, that should be there. Well, they're not actually up, but as good as <laughs> that should, that should, um, that should be their expectation, I think, because I, I really thought that they were at a different level. So on, you know, I, I think we won't play another Burnley again this season. Um, clearly there are lessons to be learned from that game, but I think you'd almost rather learn them now than get further down the line and, and realise actually maybe we're not up to it after all. So Wagner will have learned a lot from that game, but they won't play another opposition like that again this season. So even though we weren't really at it, um, I'm not overly concerned. It's it's more a case of how we bounce back from it, really. I mean, they did look, they did look like a Premier League team, I thought, for, for a lot of the game, Dan, which and I, I appreciate that they, they probably didn't have any 
they, they were quite limited in the number of really big chances they had. But also, you have to take into account that they literally spent most of the game ahead. So I, I, you can't just ignore that. They wouldn't have played in the same way had the game still been goalless, I think. So um, so I think if you take that into consideration, the way they moved the ball and, and just what they were doing was was hugely impressive. Um, and for me, I find that quite deflating. Um, so I don't know how you feel about it, Dan. Like, because we, we've seen Norwich do this. We've seen Norwich be that team and then fail to kick on. And I, I'm I'm probably quite struggling with like, what on earth happens now? Because like, it, yeah, I feel like I'm answer, I've, I've got other <laughs> questions here that I'm now addressing, but I almost have to get to it. It's like, which, do which we, one do you want me to answer? Here? Because, well, I don't know what I'm just sort of talking at you now, but where do we go? Where do Norwich go from here? Because let's be honest, they are nowhere near really what it feels like. They're not close enough to the team that's going to win this division. So therefore, yeah. they've got to be well short of the team they were over the last two or three or four years, which I guess when you're sitting 10th in the championship, well, yeah, is, they is have obvious. To, all the evidence suggests that we are well short of that. But I guess if we're taking it from Wagner coming in, it's it's such early days yet that how are we supposed to, you know, we can't really kind of measure where we are after what his fourth game in charge, one of which was an FA Cup game the day after he'd joined the club. Um, as a, so it's kind of hard. Are you taking it as a season as a whole, in which case we're absolutely miles off where Burnley are? Um, are you taking it as just a Wagner era so far, in which case we are still absolutely miles off, of course. But the positive is that when we've sort of sat here talking about poor results throughout the rest of the season, at no point have we been able to look back at the previous two games and talk about how well we played in those games, um, how many chances created, how many times we got more men into the box, how well we controlled certainly the second halves of those games as well. So that's kind of the key difference. I think we're approaching talking about defeat in a different way now. Whenever we were talking about a defeat before, it was kind of like, well, there's nothing particularly good in our bank to talk about, whereas now at least there is... Uh, Plenty of good stuff in the bank from the last two games. What I would say about Burnley, though, um, they're just supremely well coached. I don't even particularly think that squad is uh, one of the best squads we've seen in the championship over the last sort of six or seven years. But they've been coached so, so well that they kind of look like one of the best sides in the championship for the last six or seven years. I think I, I don't think I'll ever see a better championship side than that Wolves team that got promoted. But this team is well up there with us and uh, the lead side that went up the Newcastle side that went up as well um, and that's what can happen when you get a manager in, in the summer who suits the style of play who has a very clear idea of playing that's what can happen and when he's got good players as well is that they become a really good well drilled outfit and hopefully that's what we'll be seeing in sort of three or four or five months under Wagner whether that gets us into the playoffs or whether it doesn't hopefully that's kind of he'll be laying the same kind of foundations as companies done. Love that. Uh, time for a quick plug, because I did do some moonlighting for TIFO IRL, and there's a lovely video on Vincent Company and Burnley. If you want to check that out, Norwich made that video look very good on, on Saturday. I, I mean, it's a fair point, Dan. Um, I'd probably bring on to you, Liam, because you know Norwich had two weeks and, and time with, with David Wagner to kind of look a bit more coherent this weekend um, than maybe they have done at Carrow Road. I mean, there's two elements to this, I suppose. There's one is like, it felt disappointing that Norwich didn't have, um, didn't uh, didn't seem to have much improvement given that they had the extra week. But also Carrow Road does clearly seem to be a bit of an issue for Norwich playing at it at the moment. And we've talked about it before, but it's a real struggle, it seems, for them. Yeah, I mean... Um... That's the problem sometimes when you're going through such bad form at home that it can, especially when you're not really getting the crowd up for it early doors, you're not giving them anything to shout about, then it's sometimes hard to turn that around when you're in a bit of bad form. But um, I'm going to make it a hat trick and say how good Burnley are, I'm afraid. I know we're on a Norwich podcast. But, um, That's fine. They were. At, um, Burnley just throughout this season. Um, I think they've done a great job to sort of keep some of those sort of pros that served them so well for so long in the Premier League. When you look at Ashley Barnes, I think they've still got Cork, Brownhill as well. They have. Um, so they've done well to sort of keep the sort of spine of that team there and build in some sort of flair players, flair young players around that. Zorori has probably been one of the best players in the Championship this year. He's kind of like Burnley's Wendia, isn't he? Um, 
So kudos to them. They're a very good team and they're going to walk the league. Um, but I think in general, I don't think it's a bad thing that Norwich have gone through this, considering obviously the first two game league games under Wagner, eight goals scored. Um, probably maybe some fans were getting carried away into that. They think that the glory times are back after two matches, eight goals scored. But it's probably not a bad thing to sort of, for this game to come in for a sense of realism, to sort of... Um, bring everyone down to sort of reality a little bit and understand that this is where the club is at. Um, so I don't think it'll be a bad thing in the long run. Um, so yeah, but I mean, Burnley, very good team, sort of setting the standard and that's where you'd like to think Norwich can try get to in the long run, maybe not this season. Um, depends what happens in the end, but uh, yeah, Burnley, very good team. Sorry, lots of Burnley chat there. <laughs> no, it's very, well, Burnley were very good. Burnley were very good. And maybe this is, maybe that. Maybe I'm the one who needs the therapy. Maybe I'm the one who needs to work through the fact that it's like, okay, yeah, that will be exciting if we reach the playoffs. Um, yeah, well, I, I think, I mean, the, the team, you know, Dan's, rightly picked out like the the Wolves team but the team that I as I alluded to before was that Leeds team that just played us off the park and actually within a I'm not saying we're gonna have a season like the one we had that year but you know we we did that was very much that we just weren't ready at that time to play a team that were that intense and that well coached I know that was only a few weeks into the Bielsa regime but but that was kind of an exceptional side um or got off to an exceptional start at least so I, I do think that to expect well, I say this with a certain amount of hubris because I thought we might win on Saturday. But I think to, to expect us to compete with that level of team is maybe slightly unrealistic. I, I think the interesting thing, and I'd be interested to know what the other guys think of this really, is like Wagner wants us to play out from the back. You know, that's that's his that seems to be his blueprint. I wouldn't, you know, we weren't constantly going short all the time. But the the issue at the moment seems to be that the fans do not are, are incredibly nervous at home of us doing that. And I think the fans have got a lot of unnecessary stick at times this season. But I do think it, it feels really counterproductive to me to be to be making those, you know, to be kind of <laughs> moaning and, and cheering as um, Omar Bamadeli and Hanley go up the pitch and Krul can finally kick it long as though that's some kind of progress. Like, you know... It, to me, I don't think it is massively coincidental that we're scoring these goals away from home at the moment because I don't think it's that fun, it's that much of a fun place to play at home because the crowd wants us to play a certain way and that's counterintuitive to the way the manager wants us to play. See, you, you're just echoing the thoughts of Dean Smith, who <laughs> said you don't want to play at home at the moment, is he? And he got loads of stick for saying that. Maybe you yeah, should I did just do that, didn't I? Um, but that is, that is the point. And I, I, um, I think... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, please, Dan or Liam. But the, um, I don't think there's the same level of nervousness, you know, 25, 30 minutes into the game on Saturday if they have, if Tim Cool hasn't made mm. that error, because that sets the tone. And also, I think one of the things we've seen in the last season and a half is Norwich make that mistake. Um, not necessarily always Tim Cool, but, you know, a short pass that gets misplaced or Grant Hanley gives a back pass that gets cut out or Kenny McLean gets robbed. There's probably about 10. I don't know if that's an actual correct number, but I probably would have a good stab at 10 incidents where that has happened. And a Norwich player has lost the ball close to their own goal to produce a pretty straightforward shot on the goal that may or may not have gone in. And I just feel that, you know, um, the, the, the team was much more able to do it, you know, a couple of years ago and, and therefore everyone trusted it. And now they're just, the trust has gone in it completely. And it, the question is, I suppose, is that because of the coaching that's been going on or because of the quality of the players, Dan? <laughs> well, what a big question. What I would, would say is the few times that we actually did go long um, when the crowd were calling for it and Burnley won the header and it came straight back at us. Yes. The crowd went very quiet when that happened, funnily enough. Um, well, it's a combination of things, I think. Under Smith... I don't think there were many options to play at the back. The movement wasn't there in midfield. Whether that's a coaching thing or a player thing or a bit of both, we'll find out under Wagner. That movement was certainly there against Coventry and Preston, though. We played out the back very well and very quickly as well. Mostly. Uh, mostly, yes. But they did still give away, in both games, they still give gave away at least one clear shot. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't 
that doesn't uh, cover what Krull did, obviously, because that, that wasn't down to good pressing. That was down to, I, I, who knows, like just not seeing someone. It's Krull at, at the moment is sort of playing like we've all got a mate who locks himself in the house or forgets their keys, um, lose, leaves their passport on the plane when getting off, that kind of thing. And Krull is currently playing like that. He did it against Coventry. He did it against Preston. I was right behind the goal when he did it against Preston when he tried to chip it over someone in, who was eight yards uh, eight yards away from him and hit it straight at him, got away with it. And and to some extent, I could see why Wagner was defending him. It is a mistake. It's just, you know People make mistakes all the time. But when it's happening all the time, you've got to worry about whether where his concentration levels are at. But that's a separate uh, conversation to sort of Hanley passing it wrong or Gibson passing it to straight to the opposition or Kenny passing to straight to the opposition. What I would say, though, is that Burnley at press like a Premier League team. It's rare you get a team pressing as well as they did. And what it did, it sort of exposed Wagner's setup against really good pressing sides sometimes if it's not precise. And obviously it's very early yet for Wagner to coach it into them. But we are often short in midfield in this setup when we're being pressed. And I think that kind of, uh, I think that came, uh, that, that was obvious on Saturday and probably improved a little bit when Nunes came on. And in, although the game was dead there, but he came on and p- provided another outlet, which was missing before he came on. So I think, you know, but it, it's just stuff for Wagner to work on, I think, isn't it? Those players only had three games in which to A, press like he wants and B, get out of the opposition press like he wants as well. It was interesting. Company said that, um, that their press was okay, but it had been better in other games. So I thought it was quite interesting that he picked up on the fact that they were just rubbing it in. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we've been better than that, which is a fair point. I mean, it was quite a big, it was quite a big call, wasn't it, Liam? With with David Wagner sort of sticking with Tim Krul. I know it wasn't a, a decision for him on, at the weekend because Angus has got a hip injury. Hopefully he'll be back in time for next weekend. But he has made Tim Krul his number one when it was Angus gone before, and that is a call that he's made. So it's... um, I, do, I feel like there's, there's, a, there's an unsettled element to Norwich's goalkeeping position, and I do feel that teams struggle to look solid when it is like that, even if it is other players making the mistakes. Yeah, you often need a bit of sort of consistency with the man sort of guarding the goal. Um, but the problem is like there's two, I mean, two goalkeepers that have been sort of generally in great form over the last few years. Um, obviously Angus, the fans know and the fans love him quite um, quite a lot. And Tim's obviously built up a lot of affinity and um, a lot of credit in the bank from for his sort of performances generally since he's been at the club. So it's, it's a difficult decision to make. I mean, I wouldn't like to be the one picking between the two of them because I think on their day, they're two top quality goalkeepers. I appreciate, um, obviously, Wagner's made the decision to stick Tim in and Tim's probably, there's been a couple of hiccups, but um, I mean, it's a difficult decision to make. And uh, I mean, a lot of other clubs would be begging to have two goalkeepers of this quality, really, generally. Um, So it's a difficult one. I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if other clubs would rather just have one of them. <laughs> that maybe the problem is that there are two of them. I don't know. Maybe there wasn't supposed to be them both here. Now I, I, I don't know. It's it's really difficult to say. Well, how, how how does how does this get solved? I mean, keep keep Tim in and keep playing him. Uh, just to flag up my piece in the Athletic uh, today, obviously, which goes over the issues from from Saturday and the fact that Tim Quill didn't ma- has made four. Uh, what's the stat? Hold on. He's made four errors leading to shots so far this season, which is as many as he made in the entirety of 2018-19. Uh, and then the following two seasons, he made only two and then one. So three. Um, uh, whereas the last two seasons, it's there, there have been more errors. Um, who's to say how or why? But what, how do we resolve this, uh, Steve? Or does it in fact get resolved? Does it just... I suppose... I suppose it gets resolved if Angus's injury is uh, is anything serious. Um, I'm pretty sure Krull's form won't deteriorate to the point where we're genuinely considering putting Mickey McGovern in goal. But who knows? <laughs> um, I think I think if you were to ask Wagner of you know it's been a pretty successful start all in all, hasn't it? But I think the one thing that he probably like hit the the worst thing maybe in terms of the way we've started I, I think he would have wanted it sorted as in Krull comes in looks solid and there's no discussion about it I think this is kind of the last thing he wants is for people to still well not that he will care about the noise so much um but 
I think he would have wanted to go right. Cruelsman number one, and that's that. And the but it will continue for as long as Tim keeps making mistakes. Um, I, I mean, just just while on those kind of levels of stats, this kind of goes to, through to the whole team. But um, I, who scored? Do a metric of like errors leading to goals. Um, and I mean, this are, fairly are you going to do a little right? charts rundown now of Norwich's? <laughs> Leading culpable players. I don't know. I mean, we have a we have a a, a leader by quite a long way actually. In that, <laughs> I mean, looking at it actually, Tim's made five since the back end since well, six or seven games from the end of last season. He made three at the end of the yes. Premier League. Well, if you um, think about the Newcastle game and things yeah, like that as well, I, th- I don't think yeah. I don't think anyone in the Championship has made more um, errors leading Which to is a concern. Season. But but Norwich <laughs> have made. So in in the um, in the entirety of the previous promotion winning season, they made only three, which is pretty incredible, really. And two of those were after they've been promoted. And this season, they've made seven. I mean, and and that I think goes back to the passing it out from the back perspective. I still think that can work. We're just not very good at doing it because we tend to give the ball to the opposition quite a lot. So we do need to be better at that. I will. I suppose in previous seasons we would have had Leitner, Mario, Skip. Kenny, uh, you know, three years younger in there, even Teddy, yeah. you know, as much stick as he got, he could receive the ball and move the ball on very, very effectively. So we did have very good championship midfielders in there and, you know, picking up those little spaces and making sure the pass was forward rather than losing the ball. And or that I think in, is, sorry, go on in. Or if in doubt, give it to Emmy because yes, if no one else That's... was an option, Emmy Buendia was the one, like literally he could take the ball in a tight spot and it would stick to him, he'd turn and we'll probably score from it. So he was that that good. He was. Ah, Emmy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, as you were saying there, Steve, about um, errors leading to goals, um, I think the thing that gets me is that errors leading to shots, um, Norwich have conceded 80 or made 18 of those errors this season. Um, Next is Rotherham on nine. Yeah, you know, they've they've committed those errors twice as much as any other team in the entire division. And Watford it's, have made it's, made just two, and that's just shots, just two shots from errors from Watford all season. So. Is is that like a fundamental? Is that a tactical thing, or are players just you know I don't know committing like cock ups on a on a regular well, basis think, that we can't account for, or what? I, I think having watched them all season, that, that it's a, a lot of it has been silly just sort of silly dopey errors <laughs> to be really, really honest. I mean, sometimes maybe it's been because they've taken risks. I mean, you could go back to the what, uh, to the Wigan game, couldn't you? The first home game, there was an error in that game that led mm. to the goal essentially. So it's just whether they've been too exposed at times because they pushed too many players on, which I think happened at times earlier in the season. Um, but then I suppose you get involved in a, in, in the sort of confidence of the team and what they're, um, and what they're trying to do, which again, I think does sort of come around to this idea that, um, it's all been quite unsettled. And I suppose the result of that is unsettled um, football that comes with mistakes. So, um, yeah. One one thing I, I just wanted to ask, and I'd be interested to know if anyone in the comments has any thought on this, is I can't, I mean, I don't want to keep digging Tim Krull out for it, but I, I can't remember God. a more just calamitous ricket for a goal by a Norwich City player. <laughs> I, I was really racking my brains. I mean, the only thing I think that comes close that I can think of is... Um, the Russell Martin backs slightly under hit back pass against Liverpool, uh, where James Milner scored. But I can't think of anything that really comes close to just how bad that, that pass was. I mean, there has ex- been a few. He did exactly <laughs> the same thing again. Was it West Brom in 1819? I can't remember who it was. Oh. Did exactly, exactly the same thing from a goal kick, passed it out, opposition oh, scored yeah. straight from it. Oh, you might be right, actually. There was, um, there was, I'm sure there's been a Kenny McLean back pass, hasn't there? Which where he, he started doing this after it. Um, there was there was, was Dimi Yanulis's little square ball. Oh yeah, against against, the, against Stoke. Stoke. Kenny won when he was yeah. Well, who was that against? I can't remember now, but um, I think that might be. Well, I, I've I've merged that and the Dimi Yanulis. Sarah did it against Rotherham away as well this season, <laughs> which led exactly. to a goal. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we could list so many of these. We'll make this a podcast special maybe at the end of the season. All the errors that we can recall. Um, but that would be mean, obviously. Um, the, the two corners, uh, I mean, Norwich have a good defensive record at corners. 
this season. Don't slam the computer or what you're listening to. That is just what the fact <laughs> was. Um, they had conceded the fewest goals from set pieces in the championship before Saturday. Not anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the second one was a good move from Burnley's part, all around all the statues. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything to be said on them, really? I think maybe if it happens again in the next few games, but as it is, we've conceded three goals from corners this season, which is pretty impressive for a team that rarely defends corners well, historically. <laughs> just imagine if we were still bad at set pieces on top of just put square passes that went to the opposition <laughs> every other game. Yes. Um, I have asked the question here, bright spots. We've been very negative, all very disappointing. And I bright, uh, Burnley don't count count as a bright spot you can't have them can you can you this one I think Dan you sort of mentioned Nunez earlier yeah I think yeah it's interesting one actually because obviously it was really against Coventry and Preston it was really effective our sort of fluid front four um yeah with Sarah um Dow Onel front five actually Sergeant and uh Pookie was really effective and uh, Coventry and Preston couldn't pick up our runners. Arnell played really well, sort of really narrow, um, which created overloads. And that just didn't um, happen. As I think I mentioned earlier, sort of that's what it, when this system doesn't work, it looks like we're kind of outnumbered in midfield a lot. Um, so I do wonder maybe if against the better sides or better midfield sides, we might see Nunes coming in in that sort of more narrow left position. Um, who's probably you know better at receiving the ball than Onel is. God bless Onel, but he is better at receiving it and moving it on quickly. So I do wonder if uh, that'll be a change we make. But it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because they were, they scored eight goals and could have scored a lot more in the previous two games playing that front five. Um, so I'm not entirely sure Wagner will be look, looking to change it quickly. One thing I did sort of notice throughout the game uh, was Sargent was taking up really good positions Similar sort of position, similar role that Ashley Barnes was playing for Burnley, actually, <coughs> sort of behind the a number nine, basically playing behind a number nine. Uh, Barnes was really effective; they were finding really well, but we struggled to find Sergeant. And I thought he was picking up really good positions a lot of the time, dropping deep into a lot of space. And whereas we were finding him pretty well against Coventry and Preston, that didn't happen for many reasons: good press, sloppy passing, etc. And I just wonder if, you know, I think he works there, Sergeant. I think he brings that sort of steeperman energy to that sort of role. Um, but I do also wonder if Wagner is again going to be tempted to play an actual number 10 there in Kieran Dow, who's obviously started pretty well. Um, and as he seems pretty keen to have uh, Cholis and we've got Marquinhos now and Pajeta's back, whether he wants to play wide men, wider of a, of a number 10 as well. But I hope he doesn't chop and change too much, though, from now on. I hope he keeps it quite settled. Fingers crossed. Liam, you got Was that supposed spot? to be a positive? Didn't seem very positive. <laughs> I, 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 uh, you know, yeah. Why not? That, Let's take it right. Essentially, the positivity is that front five has shown they can score goals. We did create the best open play chance, I think, on Saturday. Still mm. the Dow opportunity. And we still did get men in the box as well. That last 15 minutes before half time, we looked like a good side for that period when, you know, the match was in the balance still. So there's your positivity. Well done, Dan. Well done. <laughs> has he nicked yours, Liam, or have you got a positive... Um, yeah, I mean, not necessarily on the game, but if you look at the fixtures coming up, they're favourable. So we just played the toughest or the best team in the league. So that's done. And now onwards and upwards. Crack on. (laughs) I love that. That's it. Steve? Well, I think, I mean, for starters... Great noise. (laughs) 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 It's like um, the noise Daniel Farke used to make, the (laughs) boah. Whoa. That's the enthusiasm we need. Love That's it. the positivity I'm bringing. It's just character noises. That's all I've got. Um, I would say uh, this sounds really lame, but just the fact that we gave it a go. I mean, I think back. <laughs> oh, your first noise was better than that. <laughs> what the the two defeats to Burnley were achieved in very different manners this season, I would say. And actually, I would probably rather lose 3-0 playing the way we did on Saturday than lose 1-0 the way we did at Turf Moor. Um, and we are, I think Dan alluded to this earlier, but we we are committing more players forward. I just think we show a bit more invention and intensity around the box than we, than we ever did with Smith, particularly in that first half, as Dan said. So 
Um, yeah, I feel like we've come full circle, but just played a good side, didn't we? Job done. <laughs> Job done. I mean, absolutely nailed that. Well done. Um, right. Well, in that case, it leaves us with the uh, things we are not going to talk about. Yes, uh, it's, it's been two weeks since I did this podcast and I can't remember how we abbreviated it and I didn't want to swear. Twanta. Uh, tw- twangta. Yeah. Twangta. Twangta. <laughs> um <laughs> Thank goodness we've done that. So these are the things we're not going to talk about tonight. Uh, obviously, Todd Cantwell. Um, uh, well, the transfer window in general, as you mentioned before we went recording, Steve, um, actually closed. We haven't done a podcast since, so I, d- I don't know how much we need to cover, really. But Todd Cantwell has joined Rangers, so he is a Rangers player. Uh, uh, that's exciting for him. I think he was the, he was their man of the match, their weekend win over Ross County. Um, saw that on, on the social medias. Um, and then uh, Todd popped a uh, classic cryptic Todd Cantwell post on his Instagram about um, uh, the, the, the truth will come out of some sort. So, yeah, we're not going to talk about that unless anyone wants to, to say why they don't want to talk about it. No, good. No. Exciting. Um, I think that's all that deserves. Um, so, yes, Marquinhos has come in from Arsenal on loan. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's played a lot of football recently, so maybe not surprised he didn't come on against Burnley. But uh, he he looks an interesting player. Guy, curious to see him come on and show what he's got. It's exciting. I, 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 just this niggle in the back of my head that you know we've had to loan a three million pound signing from Sao Paulo by Arsenal, uh, and he will join the ten million pound midfield signing in Gabriel's. I don't know; it just doesn't quite. I don't I can't. Like I get it, but uh, it's just like. Mm. But I, you know, what and our nine million quid uh, Greek Greek wonder kid kept him. Kept, well, yeah. came, came on ahead of him on Saturday as well. Yeah, which I, th- I think is a fitness thing. Um, yeah. Whether that will be, I, I know a lot has been made by a lot of people about how much everyone wanted Christos Scholis back, which is great. I, I kind of, I, I feel like everyone just needs to calm down a bit because I think people uh, might've calmed down after his 15. <laughs> so, was there a fitness issue with Marquinhos <laughs> that he was worse in terms of fitness than Scholis was? <laughs> Cause I don't know. I feel like there might be some double training sessions potentially. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, so Christos has obviously had a bit of a knee injury, hasn't he? I, I just, I, he, he hasn't played that much for Twente, who have been having a really good season in the Eredivisie. Um, he's played a bit. They didn't really seem that disappointed about necessarily about him going. I mean, obviously it needed negotiating because I think the um, the actual clause to recall had expired. Um, and obviously it's really important that it gets bigged up as a, you know, a really good bring back this is exciting you know our, our main man has come back and david really likes him um i just i just wish i just i don't know i just wish there was sort of less noise and let's just let's just see how it goes on the pitch i suppose but maybe that's maybe that's me but yeah it, it was sort of remin- um i i hope i hope christos will find a better rhythm so we get to see more of him on the pitch <laughs> i think yeah. i mean i do think back to that bournemouth cup game i mean that, that's probably the only game where he has played well for- he was Really outstanding in that match. That was his first start for us, I think. Um, there's, and I think that's probably where the excitement comes from. Is there is a player in there? We know Definitely. there's a player in there, but it's a Definitely. long time since he's been at that level. And you kind of think Wagner is the coach to hopefully get that out of him, given the way we've seen already how he's improved quite a few of our players quite quickly from the level they were at. I think Jolis is going to take a bit longer. Um, because it's been like I say, it's been a while um, since we've seen him play well. But um, yeah, normally I'm the same as you, Michael. These players that get clamoured for when they're out on loan, so like, well, they're out, they're on loan for a reason. But I I do feel like there's something there with Jollis, and now you know that w- let's be honest, we've been terrible since he's arrived. So maybe if we get on a roll, <laughs> then that might help. <laughs> I mean, the thing about the thing about Christos is you're right. I thought against Bournemouth he was outstanding, and um. I also thought he was pretty good again in the Liverpool game in the cup up until the penalty incident. <clears throat> and I actually thought he did all right up at Newcastle when he got hooked at halftime by Dean Smith as well um, because uh, Rashica was out injured. So I, I I really like Christos as a player. I just, I just wish it was sort of funneled a little bit differently so it wasn't sort of putting it on him because I think it strikes me as someone, he's someone who's sort of trying to rebuild 
and and needs rebuilding himself. And I, I I just just felt like there was there was too much around that, and I don't think that's helpful. So I I, I really hope we get to see some really good stuff from him. That would be good. We're not going to talk about that anyway. Uh, it was a sustainability game. Um, I should flag up Pledge Ball, which is exciting. Give that a look. Uh, Canaries Trust held food bank collections. It was all very wholesome on Saturday. Um, I probably should have biked to the ground, which I know Ed Balls and uh, Alistair Campbell did. Uh, they made some cakes in some competition as well uh, for a Sky package, which I tried. Um, yeah, all right. Did, Bur- did Burnley fly down? No, I don't think they did. Did they not? Did they fly down? Probably. I mean, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, maybe, and maybe Sky shouldn't move games to 12.30, so fans from Burnley have to travel down probably individually in cars for games like this as well. I would They're going to take it point. seriously. Yeah. And maybe not move you know, Sunderland to a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday as well, so people have to drive down rather than get trains. Pray for Sunderland. Um, and then Norwich City Women won 4-3 at the weekend, which is exciting because they are in a, in a promotion campaign, which is brilliant. Um, Natasha Snelling got a hat-trick, 4-3 win over QPR. I think they're playing hashtag United soon, which is a big game. May even be this coming weekend. So um, I would suggest you go and watch some play. And I'm hoping to make that happen at some point if I can as well. So go, go support the women because they're having a great season. I'm all for it. Maybe they'll get that game at Carroll Road one day. You never know. Maybe. Uh, anything anyone else doesn't want to talk about? Um, just a little bit of praise for Norwich City sharp shooting legend Harry Kane for uh, getting his 200th <laughs> Premier League goal at the weekend, which is great to see. Learned it all on the uh, the grass of Colney, obviously, under um, uh, learning from Grant Holt uh, and Corbran as well, because he's been linked to Leeds, which would. Would be nice if he did leave West Brom. That might help Norris City out in their playoff uh, uh, chase, potentially. Be a great fit for Leeds. Uh, how long will Nathan Jones be at Southampton as well? It's quite... Everyone knows the Premier League is more entertaining when you're not in it. The the Jones effect might be what puts Leeds off going for a uh, manager from the Championship. But uh... <laughs> Well, Corbran, of course, has been at Leeds. On he the has deals. been at Leeds, yeah. So yeah. there is a, there is a there link. Is a link. Oh, and Tsunami, he's he's gone and is, he's apparently started for Wigan tonight. He is starting for Wigan, which is a a, a surprising... Um, I was surprised he went to Wigan, got to be honest. But there we go, he's there. Um, and that will probably be the last we see of him because he will um, he will be out of contract in the summer. Uh, someone who isn't out of contract in the summer or next summer anymore is Adam Eder, who signed mm. a new... 28-year deal, I think it is, <laughs> uh, or something like that. No, it's 2-2028, isn't it? Is it 2028, I think? Yeah. Um, so it's more likely that it being a 28-year deal. <laughs> maybe. Um, uh, he, he is contracted to the club uh, for two years more than anyone else. So um, that's exciting, if you want. If what, you like. what, just uh, interest, what, as Liam was there very recently at Carrick, what Adamida was like around the place? He was very young when, by the time I left. Yeah, very chilled out, very laid back guy, but very talented. Like, there's a very, very good player in there. And when he was coming up through the academy, I think you might have still been there, Dan, but there was a lot of talk around him then, um, particularly coming through the 16s and 18s. Um, I think he was getting linked with a lot of big clubs, so... Um, I know he's had some injury problems, but he's sort of very level-headed um, and he's a top player as well. So I really hope really hope he just stays fit now and um, gets a decent run of games because he can really add something to what Norwich can do. And obviously he's shown particularly that little spell um, in the Prem last year when he scored against Everton and he was starting to look really good. And then I think he got that really bad injury. So yeah, just fingers crossed he st- stays fit and... Um, Gets a decent run of games down, starts scoring some goals. The game, uh, the game at West Ham in last January, he was outstanding. Yeah, um, and really unlucky not to score. And I think that's that's the level. It'd be so good to see him get back to that point. And to be honest, that, that might take until next season anyway. He's been out for so long; he hasn't really played regular football. That, um, but I just hope he, yeah, I hope he gets a proper run now and just stays mm. fit and gets to show what he's got because um, he's still only young, isn't he? Twenty one, I think. Mm. So. It was sort of relatively, I think this is right, it's noticeable that Ida has come on for Sargent rather than Pukki under Wagner, when although it used, generally it was the other way around 
under Smith at Pookie used to be the one that got hooked. Sargent would go central probably and then Eder when fit would go out wide instead of Sargent. So it's interesting that Wagner's obviously trying in behind um, Pookie. It is indeed. Beautiful. Um, anything else anyone doesn't want to talk about? Um, Wang Tata? Burnley, Burnley did fly apparently according to Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable journalism, Liam. Well done. <laughs> well there we go now, at Norwich was... Airport there, there it is so uh, <laughs> there's your sustainable uh... <laughs> was it well, floodlights were, the floodlights um... were very early at Cow Road as well weren't they? <laughs> when it was daytime at half eleven or whatever it's almost, oh, yeah. it's almost like the entire thing is totally performative and actually they <gasps> don't take any real Stop action it! I wouldn't it's, it's like that I'm not saying it is that um, I was going to not talk about um I don't know whether we can put this down to the wonders of science or it's a miracle from our Lord Jesus Christ, but uh, Aaron Ramsey's powers of recovery. <laughs> I don't know what that guy has. Uh, I don't know who that guy's been praying to, but um, incredible season-ending injury, and he's uh, he's he's back at Borough. Either wow. that or Villa have sold them a dud. And uh, what went okay. on there, Michael? Come on. Well, there's a piece on the Athletic <laughs> um, summing up the January transfer window, um, which does explain it all. I think if we break it down, he got injured in, he got injured in November, start of December, had to have surgery, was expected to be out two to three months. And I think ultimately uh, Dean Smith had gone and the club were like, he's a Dean Smith signing. Don't worry about it. You know, he, he might be fit. He might, he could have been fit sort of come February Maybe it would have been longer, but you know, don't worry about it. He's, he's Dean Smith signing. We'll we'll get someone else in if the new manager wants one. Um, and as it happened, he he recovered quite quickly. I think Villa were quite surprised he went back, but were like, yeah, fair enough. He might not play under a new manager. You're right. And uh, and then Middlesbrough came calling, and um, and I think he knows. Is it Aaron Danks, who's one of the coaches up at um, up at Borough now? He used to be at Villa. Um, and I mean, Villa think incredibly highly of Aaron Ramsey. They think he's a better player than Jacob Jacob Ramsey, who's playing re- who was playing regularly anyway. So, um, yeah, who's already figured out that narrative? Come April, <laughs> stroke L- the literally, literally, as you were talking, that was going through my head. I mean, that was. I remember when uh, I did. I did get a message from someone that it might be happening, and um, <laughs> my first reaction was, "In God's name, what?" Um, but then after that, it was like, "Well, that's that's a really that will be an interesting narrative coming in the season." Mm. So you know, it's not. It's, what one thing is, Aaron Ramsey deserves no stick for it at all. It's not like he binned it off or said, "Oh, I'm really injured. Can I go back home now?" That just didn't happen. It, Norwich cut it off basically. Is so. it? Is it two Premier League loans you're allowed? So we wouldn't have been able to get Marquinhos if Aaron Ramsey had stayed, um, is that right? No, I think it's five. Oh. These loads. <laughs> I think it's two in the Premier League. Five. I think wow. it is five. Yeah, because you think about how many Villa had a few years ago and stuff like that. I think in the chat in the Premier League, it's only yeah. two and oh, yeah. only two from the same club yeah. or something, or only one from the same club. Mm. So you, you can build your team around loans if you want to. Um, obviously, Norwich mm. don't want to do Plenty that. Right? Forest had loads last season, didn't they? They did, exactly. And what a team they look now, by the way. Um, so, yeah, that's all that. Um, that's exciting. Was there something else? Oh, yeah. Uh, the other thing in the January transfer piece that I did in The Athletic is a little mention of the fact that we have a, another uh, general meeting taking place at the football club. Um, and no one really wants to talk about what it is. <laughs> but essentially, the details are in the piece. Um, uh, but essentially it's uh, shareholders voting on um, whether the club can issue a uh, a set number like 990 odd thousand but a very specific number of shares um, but they're not going to say who they're selling them to or at what price which is obviously kind of important details to the shareholders but they're not going to say that I guess they might say it at the meeting which is on next Monday um and also shareholders being asked to waive their right to um participate in this share issue so essentially they already know who they're going to shell sell the shares to if that's not mark atanasio i would be surprised but there we go maybe we'll find out next week what does it so, all mean michael what, well, does, what mean? does any what does any of it mean dan what does any <laughs> of it mean currently it means 10th in the championship but that's okay. <laughs> um, right. Well, in that case, I think we've done a pretty good job there. Um, we're definitely not at half time. 
but let's have a bit of um let's have a bit of motty and then we can move on to uh to this this is almost fantasy football yes it's the excitement of a trip to bristol city on saturday um which is good uh chris martin's not there he's now at qpr he left and he's gone there tim closer is no longer at bristol city i don't know where he's gone actually don't know if he's gone anyway it's been released he's just been released just probably wandering around the country somewhere looking for um service stations (laughs) to to eat eat. or maybe he's gone camping maybe he's gone camping i was just aware that was going to start sounding weird so i was just trying to you know it's just well, good job good job you stayed away from that michael by choosing <laughs> service stations <laughs> um yes so there we are tim close and we could talk about tim close and marauding around the country or we could talk about bristol city away choice anyone you can it's an open choice we're a democracy here um the home well, game tim like closer does like to travel doesn't he goes to quite in, oh you do want to talk about tim closer Nepal, right okay he, quite... yeah he looks like someone that would i think it's the hair yeah, doesn't go straight to Dubai or anywhere like that. You know, no. your classic footballer destination. He like he go, he goes for a bit of culture. We can only assume he's in this right now, um, <laughs> or maybe back home in Switzerland. Um, yeah, anything anyone wants to say about this game other than it's away from home? So you know, four goals, three points, job done. They're uh, decent. They've seemed to have recovered after a shaky run of games, haven't they? Very one. Very, very streaky, yeah. I think uh, if we've got any serious aspirations of hitting the playoffs, then uh, reaching the playoffs, then, and I'm not saying it's a must-win game, but it's, once again, a must-good performance um, <laughs> ahead of this one. He's owning that one. Who do we pick? He's in... Oh, go sorry? on. Sorry, Dan. Sorry. Go on. I was just thinking, mentality-wise, what does losing 3-0 at home do to the players? Does it do anything because we're going away and they seem to enjoy playing away, or will they? Will, will they? You know, will it have lasting scars? That's it's probably a mental thing because we are a better squad and side than uh, Bristol City, so it's really kind of it's up there. It's a mental thing now, I think. Who are we picking, Liam? Who's playing? Well, Can you still like, keep it unchanged? Uh, yeah, I'm probably the worst person to ask for that. Good so, point. Yeah. <laughs> well. Liam's gone full football manager and he's keeping it the same team. Steve, let them go out and prove their point after their 3 0 defeat. There what you would go. you do? Um, I'd be reluctant to change it as well, but I think there he you go. might. That's the right answer, Liam. Well done. I, well, I, I think he might on the basis that he's picked the same team for the first three games and now after a defeat mightn't be a bad time to shake it up. I wonder if Nunez might come in for Onel, maybe. But then, I don't know. I mean, Bristol City are quite front foot, aren't they? So I, I do think that might play into our hands a bit because, as Dan says, we're man for man, we're probably better than than they are. So um, I, I am, I'm optimistic about this one, but I think, I mean, not conceding a stupid goal in the first ten minutes would be helpful. But I think it could be, it could be another. You know, if if we carry on playing the way we have done the last few games, it could be a lot of goals in this one because they score a lot and concede a lot. Um, I'm reasonably confident, I think, and I'm not really sure why. I think they will bounce back. I think they will react well to that 3-0 defeat. And I do think it's a big game. It's a must-good performance for sure because, <laughs> like, Burnley felt like a free hit, but we are starting to lose a little bit of ground if we lose this one. I'm just looking at that, yeah. I mean, 42 points, 10th position, which is actually six points behind Middlesbrough and Luton, who are third mm-hmm. and fourth, albeit Middlesbrough have played an extra game. Um, but you know, we're, this is the thirtieth game of Norwich's campaign, so we are getting into the third, 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 final third, final third. Yeah, which is something Norwich struggled to do for most of the campaign, <laughs> or some such joke. Um, out of interest, so Norwich's fixtures, Liam, you mentioned the big five coming up. It's uh, away at Bristol City, home to Hull, away at Wigan. Home to Birmingham, which is the rearranged game because of Norwich's FA Cup failure. And then at home to Cardiff. So I don't know what the average position of those teams are, but it's below Norwich. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, in fact, after, after saying this isn't just a must-win game, I'm gonna, the next two games are massive. Obviously, Bristol City bouncing back from a defeat. See if those first two games were, were a fluke or not, which I really don't think they are. They were our best performances of the season, but we need a home win. And 
pretty much immediately and we need to play well at home and to be confident at home and that's why Hull City on was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night Tuesday night is Valentine's huge. night yeah, yeah. Valentine's <laughs> night. it's a chance for us all to fall back in love that's right yeah oh I love it isn't that right lovely? there we go um, so five wins out of five and then the uh, 93 point train We'll leave the station. <laughs> How long are we going to keep this going for with the points? No, it's going to be a literally down to no, seventy. It's a, perf- or it's a perfect way of counting down how many points Norwich can possibly achieve. So it's absolutely perfect. The train is just a different train. They're all lined up, all in sort of one point intervals. Some of them won't even get a mention. Feel a pray for the ninety-five and ninety-four point trains. We that's gone. Yes, yeah, that's left the station. They have gone. Um, um yeah. a, an, another reason why uh this next the run that Liam talks about is quite important is how many points do you think we've taken off the current top six the top of your head this this season uh what are the what's the current what one so, so that's, <laughs> one? It's, it's it's two i think which i think was a point against sheffield <laughs> united, united and a point against west brom um uh, neither of which were particularly brilliant performances, and we've lost the other seven. So actually, <laughs> against anyone who's any good at all, uh, we don't tend to be great, but I think we can rack up points against the considerable amount of dross that there is in the championship. That's okay, um, no, it's okay. Blackburn is... Oh, no. Yeah. Blackburn. There was also a tweet I saw recently um, outlining our record against teams who we've come down with. Ah, oh, Steve, that was one of yours. Oh, it was one of yours. It may have been, yeah, yeah. It was. Nine, nine defeats great. out of nine, yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> which, I don't know what to read into that other than, again... Yes, you we're do. Not very, we're not very good? Is that is that the main takeaway from that? I don't know. Existential crisis. What are Norwich City? Um, answers on a postcard, pod. and then I'll probably have to write, you know, 8,000 words on it. Um I think we're probably done for discussion points. We've done very well. Uh, are there any comments? We didn't go to the comments at halftime because um, halftime was more like, you know, the 85th minute in terms of this podcast. But how are yeah, the comments all, looking, Steve? As we've asked them. Well, in terms of positivity, Nolly says the positive is we're in the mix of about 11 teams for the playoffs. Going to be a roller coaster ride. That's something in that, right? There's everything. Yeah. Every game's exciting now. I feel like I should apologise because I, I I have a lack of energy for that. You know, but but come next come next week, good old victory over Bristol City. I'll be all over the ninety three point train. I promise. We'll be back on it. You know, it's fine. Just give me give, give me this week. I've got a cough. Carry on. It's because you're tired of these away trips, isn't it, Michael? I um, love them. Who who am I, Which band am I going to listen to when I go to Bristol? <laughs> Uh, don't answer that question it's not rhetorical don't worry maybe the wings the the band the beatles wanted to be. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. wings and and john lennon's solo career you can just, yeah, just keep I did, it i did wonder about going through the solo careers anyway uh, yes any more or is that it um well uh, we did ask for terrible uh norwich city goals that we've conceded and there were a few of those <laughs> oh uh, as you might imagine i don't remember this one but andy linnigan kicking the ball in his own goal when he could clear it i mean that Sounds hilarious. I don't know who's against there's the, the, Obviously, well. there's the Rob Ullathorne back pass to Brian Gunn as well. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? This is <laughs> when I when I worked at, when I worked at Archon, these are the ones we didn't want to do, like the worst listicles of the worst <laughs> goals. And yeah. Well, we're we're all about wallowing in the misery here. Yes. Last game of last season against Tottenham. I can't even remember what they Which were. Which one? I thought it was some bad ones there, weren't goals. Andy Wilcox says Emmy versus Watford at home. Bit harsh, lost it on the halfway oh, yeah. line, but second minute or whatever it was. Second minute of a must-win game, yeah. <laughs> and um, this one just brimming with uh, disrespect. Didn't even get named. Mark Boast, the Aussie <laughs> keeper we had for the Colchester game in League One. Whole team was calamitous. You can't, you can't have a worst anything without without bringing that up, can you? Oh, um, yeah, uh, and then in terms of, a, do we want one more kind of question? Yeah, go on. Because we haven't pick, talked pick. about this guy yet really much today. And it and it's another plug for your piece, Michael. So DW <laughs> says, what kind of midfield is Sarah looking like being? Would love to see a TIFO pizza chart. Well, um, DW, I will try and work. I can't magic a pizza chart up right now. Um, I'll try and see. I'll try and find. I'll try. Let, hang on. I'm going to write it down on here on my pad that I obviously pay huge attention to. The ideas on here are amazing, by the way. Um, 
there's pages of them. Um, Gabby, Sarah, I'm just writing this down. Pizza, chart. Otherwise, I'll just order a pizza. There we go. I will see if I can find one. Um, and um, or I'll have to ask someone to do one for some reason. But um, yeah, I think I, I'm a bit, a bit hit and miss with 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 Gabriel Sarah because <clears throat> he's a 10 million pound player playing in the championship. So. I almost feel like I'm a bit harsh on him because I'm like, this guy needs to be looking good because he should do really. But um, I thought I, 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 he obviously looked a bit short against Burnley, but he was literally almost playing in midfield on his own. I thought for most of the game, so you maybe sort of expect that. But I think he looks strong. I think he can he can really pick a pass, and he's just got really intelligent movement into the box, and that's um, that's sort of a really dynamic element that hasn't always been in Norwich's midfield. So I really like him. Um, He's an interesting one, actually, because there were sort of a couple of random transfer links that just sort of popped up as chatter with, I think, was it Torino? It was someone in, in Serie A, wasn't it? And I could see I could see if Norwich's season does unravel a bit, um, I imagine he might have the people around him who would maybe see what else was out there for him because I, I would think he's here to, to play at the... Oh no, that's a horrible cliche. To play at the best level he can. Well, unlike all the other players who don't, um, you know. But you know what I mean. I think he will try and probably be better the championship, and would have hoped that it would have been better this year. So um, it'll be an interesting one. But uh, I like him as a player, and I also would expect to like him as a player because, in theory, he's he's an expensive one. So yeah. But is that me being harsh? Am I being a bit harsh? Someone interject. I guess it's not it, the price tag isn't his fault, is it? But. Mm. You know, it's a lot of money for Norwich City Football Club, isn't it? But I think, you know, he's probably ahead of development compared to, say, Marrow was or Tribal was or Steeperman was in their first season in. And I appreciate they didn't come in with that price tag, but they came in, you know, especially Steeperman, who came from the Borussia Dortmund Academy originally. You know, they came in with relatively high expectation. I think Sarah's probably a little bit ahead of where those guys were at this stage. He looks a bit of an upgrade on Kenny to me, I think. Looks really, he's, I think he's an intelligent footballer. Um, picks up space really well. Uh, Two-footed as well. Um, and yeah, can carry the ball really well, which I think, and that midfield's been missing someone, you know, a Mario, if he could have carried the ball as well as, well as Kenny or Sarah would have been, you know, an excellent, excellent Premier League footballer. And I think we've been missing that kind of box-to-box that Sarah brings. Oh, Mario's left foot. Just reminding you, Mario's <laughs> left foot. Uh, I think on that note, we're done, aren't we? Are we done? Everyone happy? Yep. Um, just another one from Marquez who says maybe you could listen to Porter's head on your way <laughs> to Bristol, which is a, a good chat, um, I think. I'm going to note that down next to my Gabby Sarah is that, chart. Porter. Is that because they're from Bristol, aren't they? Well, I mean, Porter's head is very close to Bristol. Yeah, I think they're either from Porter's head or from Bristol. Uh, that, maybe that's what yeah. you can do, Michael. You can pick a band from every. Uh, oh, I would end up with something every place really you're bad to. at some point. I mean, I'm not going to last two minutes with with. <laughs> anyway, what what are the remaining trips we've got? Who have we? Where have we got to uh, go? Well, West Brom, you could do like um, the specials. Yeah, or maybe um, Led Zeppelin. Were they from around there? I feel like. Oh, I feel yeah, like yeah, middle. Yeah, Black Sabbath. Um, Black Sabbath. Oh, good. Yeah. Wigan. Ooh. That one for next week's podcast. Anyone yeah, out there? Yeah, yeah. Who who are the <laughs> who are the musicians I should listen to relative to the respective away trips? Wigan, Millwall, Huddersfield, Stoke, um, Blackburn, Middlesbrough, QPR, West Brom. There you go. Some selection then. I know, right? Stoke, I feel, is going to be a <coughs> Robbie Williams is from Stoke. Isn't he? <laughs> yes, back to back, <laughs> Robbie Williams. Angels all the way up. Huge Port Vale fan, so would yeah. that be massively offensive? Is Port Vale in? St- I never really know what Port Vale is. Is that in Stoke? Or no. Yeah, yeah, it's in it's it, in Stoke. As, uh, yeah. as somebody that has li- that lived in Stoke for a whole year, Port Vale is very much in the the city of Stoke on Trent. And they all have big fights when there's a derby. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's my Stoke knowledge. No offense. Uh, right, we're done. Um, that is it for another On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that hopes the Robins feel what Robins felt last time we were on the road. That's a Mark Robbins commentary. Oof. 
yeah it's a bit of a struggle isn't it? <laughs> um if you had to do so make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice the pod is available free for everyone on your usual player free and we stream free and we stream the recording of the podcast free live in video form on my social media channels each monday evening have a search and i'm sure you'll find them um search michael bailey in norwich city i think that was what was uh, defined as the best possible search in future just in case uh ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated and if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals sling me a direct message on twitter at michael j bailey my dms are open I think that's the official terminology there. Uh, as for this evening, a big thank you to our guests tonight on a stellar podcast. Uh, Liam, your debut is over. Thank you so much for joining us. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to bother again? or? When it, well, yeah, I'm happy to do it again. Yeah, I've got a, um, next week's guest. I'll have to try and follow in his footsteps, won't I? And do a little bit better, maybe. Well, let's see. We won't we give it we, away. We, we do have another former media team <laughs> member joining us on the pod. I've, I've, I'm going to have to start apologising to the ones who have left and we haven't had on the pod yet, really, because <laughs> that's probably a, a smaller number. It's all part of the fun, though. Um, brilliant, Liam. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely get you on again. Do not worry about that. Dan, thank you so much for the fun. Thank you. And uh, enjoyable as ever. Although it is making me feel old, all these younger former Norris City uh, content members coming on the podcast this is this is uh this is the industry i work in and you work in then so there we go well it's a very must good performance from your good self so well done hopefully norwich follow in your footsteps steve thank you as always for stella um commenting and talking thank you and sorry that i i'm not a member of the norwich city media team just just some weirdo with a with a stats twitter that's, account that's why you're so important steve otherwise it would be a monopoly so you are it takes needed. all sorts right it does it does indeed uh right well we are done uh we'll be back next monday uh not exactly sure on the time because there's a meeting going on isn't there which i've just twigged it's the same time as next week's podcast so we'll figure that one out. <laughs> and there's a game the next night. And then there's a game. It doesn't matter, Dan. It's all about this meeting. It's the big, the big one. And the game is the game on the tube. Okay, we'll do a pop. We'll be back next time, <laughs> whenever that is, for another befuddling instalment of the On the Ball Norris City podcast, which, I mean, that is quite befuddling, really, isn't it? Until then, though, never mind the danger.